welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. This is the show where we discuss the art and the craft of building software and cover recent news on backend technologies. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. With that said, let's get on the show. In December 14, 2020, Google across the globe suffered from an outage that lasted 45 minutes. Nobody could access most of Google services. Google has released a detailed incident report discussing the outage, what caused it, technical details on their internal services architecture, and what did they do to mitigate and prevent this from happening in the future. In this video, I want to take a few minutes to summarize the report and then go through the detailed analysis. You can find YouTube chapters to jump into the interesting part of the video. Pick up your favorite drink, sit back, relax, enjoy, and let's get started. Let's start with an overview of how Google ID service works. The client connects to Google Authenticated Service to get authenticated or retrieve account information. The account information is stored in a distributed manner between the different service IDs for redundancy. And these are propagated with a Paxos protocol. When an update is made to an account on the leader node, the existing data in all the nodes are marked as outdated. This is done for security reasons because let's say you updated your account credit card privated your profile or deleted a comment, it is extremely dangerous to serve those outdated information. This was key to the outage. So let's pay attention to this one. The updated account is then replicated based on the Paxos consensus protocol to all the other nodes. The user ID service has a storage coda controlled by an automated coda management solution. When the storage usage of the service changes, the coda is maintained accordingly either by reducing or increasing the coda based on the demand. So what exactly happened that caused this global outage? In October 2020, Google migrated their coda management to a new system and registered the ID service with the new system. However, some parts of the old system remained hooked up, specifically the parts regarding the reading of the service usage itself. It was hooked up to the old service and because the service is registered to the new system the old quota system reported zero zero usage as it should because nobody's using the old system right so when the new quota management asked its service for its usage it was incorrectly reporting zero nothing happened for a while since there was a grace period before the new management system kicked in but Eventually, that grace period has expired on December. And that's when we actually started to see the effect of this. That's when the new Coda system kicked in and saw that the ID service has a zero usage and says, okay, why are you having zero usage? Like, you don't need all this beautiful Coda. So let's start reducing the Coda that you have because you're not using any. <laughs> that's the problem here. The 
Coda kept reducing and reducing and reducing until the service had no space left. And that caused updates to the leader nodes eventually to fail, which, back to our original statement, caused all the data to go out of date in all the nodes, which in turn escalated globally to what have we seen. So now, let's jump to the actual report and start reading and analyzing this thing. Thank you so much, guys. If you're here for the summary, thank you so much for watching. And how about we go jump into the detailed analysis and read this thing and discuss. So guys, uh, Google finally took the time to write a detailed incident report of what happened on December 14th, last Monday. So, quick summary. Uh, Google authentication services went down, and uh, it went down hard. I mean, globally. <laughs> so, for 47 minutes, 47, 47 minutes, 47 minutes, went down so we wouldn't have we couldn't authenticate if you already logged in you might get away with it sometimes but that eventually failed and if you want to log in that is just done you cannot log in so that means all of most of the services actually went down so how about we read this incident report and then start discussing all the different points there's some lessons that we can extract from this as backend engineers, but my opinion, the scale that this is, it's very unique to Google. So hardly any of us backend engineer will ever work on on a project that is this big to run into this particular problem. But it just tells you uh, that the, the, the amount of stuff that Google is dealing with is just this is amazing you know there's, there's a lot of work there's so much moving pieces and of course you have to automate this stuff so there are a few lessons that we can extract from this how about we jump into the incident and start reading and then start understanding what happened so let's let's read the issue summary on monday 14 december 2020 for a duration of 47 minutes customer facing google services that required google uauth access were unavailable it's very interesting that they say customer facing google services so that means they have an internal facing google services that did not uh, suffer from this that's very interesting and they may that tells you that they have different code management for their internal completely different all right that require google auth access were unavailable cloud services Cloud service accounts used by Google Cloud platform workload were not impacted and continued to function. All right? That's very interesting. If you have a cloud service account, you were not affected. So it's only Google OAuth access. We were uh, we apologize to our customer whose services or businesses were impacted during this incident, and we are taking immediate steps to improve the platform performance and availability. 
let's let's do let's go to the root cause what, what, what caused this thing obviously i summarized that stuff right for you guys if, uh, for you guys in a hurry but we want to dig deep and try to extract more information if possible let's do that the google user id service maintains a unique identifier for every account and handles authentication credentials for all auth tokens and cookies right the cookies for existing obviously uh authentication right and tokens for non-cookie based right i guess the tokens are in the cookies per se right unless this is different it stores account data in a distributed database uh i'm guessing spanner because that's the database i'm aware of that uh, google uses which uses paxos protocols to coordinate updates right and this is one of the things that I, I i'm seeing repeated and i need to make a video on it and first learn what it is about and then make a dedicated video about the paxos protocol so one of the gossip protocols right that, that can can uh can chat between different services and propagate the updates very very critical we saw that amazon did not use this gossip protocols right? they had like some sort of a peer-to-peer uh architecture which did not scale compared to this this is this is good i mean paxos is we know it from what what i read it's something that scales essentially right because it doesn't really update it doesn't really connect every service to every single service that's just peer-to-peer and that doesn't scale much for security reasons the service will reject request when it detects outdated data so they did not say why but i just suspected and i actually think 19% sure that this is by design obviously and the security reasons is let's say you updated your secu- uh, security profile you you uh, added a new credit card or you removed an existing credit card or you have deleted your account or you have privated your account or you deleted certain comments you remove something that now you're trusting the system to actually not show that right it's it's very critical you will lose the trust of the system if the system you just turned around deleted something and you refresh and all of a sudden it's there that's bad right and uh uh imagine this happens to your tweet for example you delete a tweet and it's still there right especially for celebrities this is big news right it's like oh i deleted it i mean screenshots exist but regardless they just want some you know some trust in the service the system Google uses an evolving suite of automation tools to manage the coda of various resources allocated for services. As part of an ongoing migration of the user ID service to a new coda system, a change was made in October to register the user ID service with the new coda system. Right? So they had a new coda system that allocate this space and, and usage right we talked about that in my first video i accidentally said disk they run out of disk space obviously that was dumb of me to say that right? they never run out of disk space they just the a coda coda assigned to the service itself was insufficient right that's what happened so now that changed they migrated everything to the new system but parts of the previous codes were left in place right so that's what i started guessing because they didn't say incorrectly reported the usage for the 
user ID as service. Again, they didn't mention why, but it's clear once you start thinking about it. Well, you register the user ID service to the new system. That means the service is no longer using this old system, right? The old code system. So if the old code system has been asked, hey, what's the usage for this service ID, right? It would say, this service is not using any of my code. It's zero. Because you just registered it. So the question of what is my usage were incorrectly being asked to the incorrect service system, let's say, the CODA system, right? But the CODA question, how much CODA is assigned, is asked to the new system. That's what my guess. That's what happened, I think, right? Let me go, let me, let me guys know what you think about that, right? So that's what happened, right? So let's summarize this. Now we have two systems, the new system with the CODA management and the old system. And we have the user ID service. The user ID system is the, the, uh, the user ID service is registered with the new CODA system. And it has a CODA and it has usage in the new system. But it, it also remained hooked up to the old management system, the CODA management system. So now if you ask the question, how much CODA is assigned to the user ID, the answer will come from the new CODA system. Was like, hey, I have 80 terabytes. It's more than that. But if you ask the question, how much usage this service has, that question will go to the old system. And the old system will say, what are you talking about? This service is not using any of my CODA. So zero. Again, that's a guess. An existing grace period in enforcing CODA restrictions delayed the impact. Right, so they had a grace period. So they, they implemented this in October, but there is a grace period apparently. Well, because we hit the code, right? If you if you if you think about it, hey, you are using zero and you're allocated this much terabyte of data. Why? So the system actually detected that immediately, but it was given a grace period Dime, uh, all the time. I said diamond <laughs> all the time. All the time, there was always a great period, grace period for everything. Uh, Nginx shut down grace period, right? Uh, HA proxy shut down grace period. Uh, process lingering pre grace period. There's always a grace period. It's like, okay, I'm not going to kill you right now. Let me give you this much time. And then I'm going to take action, right? It's like when you're, you're, when you're late on your loan payment or something. It's like, okay, I'm going to give you a grace period because we're banking and we're good people. So we're going to give you a, a grace period of 14 days before we put you in jail. All right. <laughs> so which eventually expired? And, and here's the first thing, right? Here's the first thing that raised my alarm when I read it. It's like, okay, when we first detected this on October, the system did not raise an alarm that this, this service has exceeded its quota. It should immediately have detected that and showed it, uh, hey, by the way, this service is in a grace period. They did not have any alerts for that particular case. I guess after reading this, you will know why. They didn't consider a service usage of zero, <laughs> which, is, which is interesting if you think about it. Because like, how do you think... You, a service will, will use something, right? It's impossible for a service to use zero, right? I guess that, that could happen. 
Again, what should we expand? Triggering automated quota systems to decrease the quota allowed for the user ID service and triggering the incident. So that's what happened, right? So we detected, okay, oh, your grace period is done. You're using zero, obviously. So no, nothing for you. Come back one year, okay? And then took all of the quota, uh, took all the quota from the poor service ID. It's so sad. Existing safety checks exist to prevent many unintended coda changes. So they, they, there is intent, unintended coda changes. They had alerts for this and safety checks. But at that time, they did not cover the scenario of a zero reported load for a single service. Right? It is fascinating, right? And it seems like a very small error if you think about it. It's like, yeah, yeah I just didn't anticipate that as usage is going to be zero whoever wrote the code for the automated system didn't anticipate that coda changes to large here's here are the checks that i have <laughs> checks coda changes to large number of users since only a single group was targeted of the change right so they have they have a change coda changes for for a lot of users at once right lowering coda below usage so if the quota was lowered below the usage, right, then they will uh, uh, they will activate an alert. But guess what? How would you lower a quota below zero? It's impossible. So the 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 alert will never be triggered, right? Excessive quota reduction in the storage system since no alert fired during the grace period right so that's the problem right so there was like an excessive reduction in storage systems like from from whatever terabyte or maybe petabyte down to zero that's excessive load so this they should have a measure to detect that right apparently no alerts were severed in the grace period which is from october to december two months this one two months without being alerts let's tell you guys even google's not perfect and i'm glad I, I, I hate to say that, but I'm glad this happened because this kind of unveils some of the infrastructure in Google and we, back in engineer, can learn a thing or two from this. And I love this stuff because we don't have access to uh, any of these giants' uh, architecture internally. So these uh, incidents kind of expose some of this architecture and let us smell and taste, and we love to taste these different stuff. Low coda. Since the difference between usage and coda exceeded the protection limit, right? If there's a low coda, there should be a, um, like another alert as well. As a result, the coda for the account database was reduced, which the account database, right? So the, where you store their account itself, right? The database that stores everything about Google account or just reduced which prevented the Paxos leader from writing. Now, you, can, you might say, Jose, the, the, when, I, when I sign in, I don't write anything. I just want to sign in. Why would that fail? Right? That, imagine, guys, something happened in the, in, the, in the beginning. Of course, everything succeeded, but people started writing. And those writes started doing an amplification, write amplification, which just blew up. And obviously, since you can't write, Sometimes the database will do decisions say, okay, I can't write. Reads will fail as a result, right? So Paxos leader 
this prevented the Paxos reader from reading, which is which is writing to their main load, which then propagate. Shortly after, the majority of the read operations became outdated, which resulted in the errors of authentication lookup. So that's that's what we said, right? Because all these nodes have account information and they will go stale after a while. Now, I'm not sure if there is uh, some sort of an expiry information on the account and they have to periodically fetch information from the database to stay fresh. If that's the case, then that makes sense. And if if I didn't touch my account, why would that fail, right? That I don't understand, right? Because I, I didn't update my account. I didn't touch anything in my account. I just want to sign in. Why would that particular thing fail, right? Because the leader is not writing anything. The leader is just asking to read. So unless there is this nodes, these nodes periodically read from the database to pull information about the latest account because you could have read something, right, in the, in the database. So, the other information is like if you write something that definitely the reader will tell all the nodes, hey guys, whatever you have is garbage. Toss it. That I, I understand that one. What I don't understand yet is what if I don't update? Right? I'm just reading. Right? My my information is still good, right? Why would I toss it? This sounds like uh something I need to dig more into, or maybe from someone from Google can explain this a little bit better to me remediation and pre prevention the scope of the problem was immediately clear as the new codas took effect that this was detected by automated alerts so eventually alerts has fired but what kind of alert for capacity at 2020 december 14th at 3 43 in the morning u.s pacific right I was asleep, obviously, right? I was because I'm California, so I didn't feel any of this stuff. And for for errors with a user ID service starting at zero uh, uh, three forty six a.m. Right, so take three minutes. So after three minutes, we saw other errors. Uh, people starting to sign in fails, right? Which paged Google engineers at 3.48. I like that that actually took two minutes to, to page them. That's, that's a pretty quick if you think about it. Within one minute of customer impact, right? Immediately. At 4.08 in the morning, the root cause and the potential fix were identified. Damn, those guys are good. Immediately, right? They went there. They were paged. I guess uh, they don't have to drive to Google. They just sign in, I guess from their homes, right? And it took, what? From 48 up until 08, that's uh, doing the math. Both minutes. Uh, took almost 20 minutes. Yeah, so 20 minutes to identify and fix, have the fix available, which led to disabling the quota management enforcement in one data center, right? right? This happened in all data centers, right? So that's kind of scary as well, right? How did this thing propagate to globally? If, if it happened to one data center, that's good, but did that thing just, just propagate globally? So it had been there for months. So what the, what the Google engineers did, they just disabled quota enforcement. They said, hey, no quota anymore. 
you guys can run free. <laughs> so the service is, oh, I'm free, finally. So, and then it's like they started using without any enforcement. This quickly improved the situation and, but, you know, there is obviously the, the backlog of requests that is failing and there's like a sleuth of requests, right? That's, guys, that's why you have, if you have a failure, if there's a request that fails, you need to tell the user as much as possible, as fast as possible. That's why timeouts on the server side and the back end are very, very critical, right? If you feel that the service is just spinning, 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 or the request is being trying to do something, like the write, like imagine I'm writing and I'm waiting for the database to free, and, and that's, that's a bad practice, right? If you're waiting for the database to free up in order to write, Right? And if this is happening a lot, imagine having a million, two million, three million requests that all waits. That will just amplify. And even if you bring your database back, you will have no possible way to serve all these demanding users. So that's why failures, quick failures are very, very critical in the backend, in certain situations, obviously. It's not great for user experience, but Google knows this. Like return 500, 500 error as fast as possible when these situations are very, very critical. So they disabled at 420, they disabled the quota management system. This quickly improved the situation and 427, the same mitigation was applied to all data centers, which returns error rate to normal levels by 430 in the morning. Uh, that's what I think when I woke up. I woke up at five in the morning and it's just like, I saw like people. It's like, Hossein, make a video about this. You have to make a video. Like, well, what? Google went down? <laughs> I didn't even notice. So if I woke up like a half hour, an hour before, I would have felt it and I would actually have more insight. But thanks to you guys, a lot of you actually gave me input like what exactly happened. Like, oh, I can open YouTube uh I can open YouTube in incognito mode, but I cannot open it in uh, when I sign in, right? And then comments aren't sometimes appearing, comments sometimes they don't appear. So this this kind of gave me some hint to to make the earlier report, but everything now almost makes sense, right? When when you read this report, that uh, that kind of line up with your with you guys' um, reports and incidents. As outlined below, some users service lo- uh, services took longer to fully recover. And, Perfect sense. It's just like the lingering inertia of failure just takes time to until all these failed requests just clean up and then they are freshly being serviced again. In addition to fixing the underlying cause, we'll be implementing changes to prevent, reduce the impact of, and better communicate about this type of failure in the several ways. So what, what, are, what are they planning to do? Review our quota management automation to prevent fast implementation of global changes. So, so whenever there is a fast implementation of a global change, and what does it mean by fast right here? Is, is it the two-month period when they actually kicked in, or they did they implement this quota management so fast? It's, okay, let's just slam it in all. Because we didn't see any errors, right? We applied it, no errors. But if that quota management actually detected that the service actually yelled at them, says, hey, this is zero. Again, guys, go back, right? They did not have an alert where things become zero. And to me, I mean, there's nothing you can do about this. It's just a missed alert. And 
how would you possibly think about all these scenarios? As humans, we can't possibly predict everything, right? No much, no matter how much in smart engineers you have, there is always some case that you will miss. And when that happens, catastrophes happen this like, like this happen, right? So all you can do is that you have to be vigilant to understand the low-level fundamentals, what happened, right? And then work back to what exactly what you can do to solve it, right? That's why engineers have to understand what is exactly how things really work, right? No frameworks, no tools, just does all the magic for you because guess what? You know, yes, you have to do everything, right? Eventually, right? These tools will only get you so far, but you are building these tools. Improve monitoring and alerting to catch incorrect configurations sooner, right? <laughs> what does it mean by incorrect configuration here? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you have to define what an incorrect configuration means. I mean, we're not talking about syntax errors here, right? It's like you have to somehow sit down and and come up with a write-up of all the possible invalid configurations, right? Like a usage of zero. It has missed. It's a it's a human error. It's perfectly fine. You could not have possibly predicted this. So I gotta say, guys, I'm not slamming Google here. Google engineers, you guys are badasses to discover this in 20 minutes and solve it. Right? And you could have not, you there's nothing you could have done to prevent this. It's an error. Right, I mean, how would you possibly predict that a usage could be zero? Right, now we learn now, and you have generously decided to share this information with us. Thank you so much. Now we all know. Right, that's why I don't blame any engineers. Like this is this. How the heck could someone predict something like this? This is just nuts. Right, is a usage zero? How it's like migration. This is a very tricky situation that, that, that you guys into, right? And, and this is a huge system. So, of course, yeah, this, this, this thing is nuts. Nobody could have predicted this. Improve reliability of tools and procedures for posting external communications during outages that affect internal tools. Evaluate and implement improved write failures resilient into our user ID service database. Oh, so when the write fails to the user ID service database, they want to kind of make more resiliency there. So it's okay, a write to, a, to something as important as a user service database should never fail. They just like, hey, you know what? This should never fail. We know that, right? A right to a user ID, whether code or not, maybe give it a pass, right? Well, that's kind of dangerous, right? Give this user, this service a pass, and what if this service turned evil? It will just eat all the user, uh, all the code storage. That's, like, these are tough decisions, guys. Don't think this is easy, by the way. These are tough Improve resilience of GCP services to more strictly limit the impact to the data plane during user ID service. So, 
they said, okay, GCP services should be a standalone from the user ID. So they are kind of trying to separate these two together, right, uh, from each other. So that if one goes down, this shouldn't affect this. Now, that's what we saw with, with the AWS outage. When Kinesis went down, everything, I mean, everything in Amazon went down. Everything, literally everything. Because it was so key to Amazon infrastructure. Kinesis was a key so that everything, including, ironically, the status report itself, application, was relying on Kinesis. So if Kinesis is down, Amazon is crippled, was crippled. It was really crippled for, for what, four hours? Was it four hours? Was was big. So they have to make better decisions when it comes to this dependency tree that they have on Kinesis. I mean, people were just bizarre. It's like even the, the customers was, okay, what, uh, my Amazon services are down. What the heck is going on? They couldn't even see the outage service report to tell them that something is going wrong <laughs> they could even open that page that's when you actually that's the that's the worst scenario you could be right they are trying to avoid that google so we saw that google is not as bad as amazon google outage let's say is not as bad as amazon was right i mean it wasn't covered in 47 minutes that's just badass we would like to apologize. Okay. Detailed description of the impact. Okay, let's read the detailed description. This is this is the last thing, guys. On Monday, 14 December 2020, uh, from 0 3, from 3:46 a.m. to 4:33 a.m., so almost 47 minutes, credential issuance and account metadata lookups for all Google user account failed. Right? So if you're reading metadata about the account or credential, you're trying to authenticate yourself, these are failing. As a result, we could not verify that user requests were authenticated. Right? That tells me that the, the request goes to a microservice that does the authentication and comes back and goes to the actual service, which says, who the heck are you? This is just a random request with no authentication. So bam, it was failing. So the actual service that does the work which is youtube or other stuff right i don't know google plus doesn't exist anything else right this was working but we couldn't get to it because you're not authenticated because the auth service the user id service was down and as a result served five five errors 500 errors uh, on virtually all authenticated traffic it's like anything that's authenticated double code was just down the majority of authenticated services experience similar control plane impact. 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 Elevated error rates across all Google Cloud Platform and Google Workspace APIs and consoles. Products continues to deliver services normally during the incident except where specifically called out below. Right? So they are going through the stuff that actually went down and the stuff that didn't went down. Most services recovered automatically within a short period of time after the main issue ended at uh, 4.30 in the morning, uh, PST. Some services had unique or lingering impact, which is detailed below. All right, this is the last page. Cloud Console. Looks like Cloud Console, any user who hadn't already 
previously authenticated to Cloud Console was unable to log in, as I discovered this in my early report. If you were authenticated, I would, you had a token that makes sense that you can actually, you should be able to access. But that gets you only so far because of the leader failure that we talked about, right? The, the, the expiry of the account information that kind of makes your account info outdated. That token will expire eventually. Right? Users who had already authenticated may have been able to use Cloud Console, but may have seen features degraded. God knows, right? So like this service might use other services that just couldn't authenticate, right? Google BigQuery. During the incident, streaming requests returned 75% errors, while BigQuery jobs returned 10% errors on average globally. And this must have been scary. Google Cloud Storage. Approximately 15% of the requests to Google Cloud Storage were impacted during the outage, especially specifically those using OAuth, HMAC, or email authentication. After 4.30 in the morning, U.S. Pacific, the majority of impact was resolved. However, there was lingering impact for less than 1% of the clients that attempt to finalize resumable uploads that started during the window. Gee, that is so good. Okay, this is interesting. So, if you have previously uploaded the uh, uh, some content during the outage and you want to resume that uh, upload, that failed, essentially. Let's see why. These uploads were left in a non-resumable state. The error code GCS return was retriable, but subsequent retries were unable to make progress, leaving these objects unfinalized. All right, this is this is pretty good. So if you have uploaded partially, right, you try to upload it, that state of the uploaded content is essentially corrupt because God knows, you could not write certain metadata, you could not read certain metadata, so the write would have failed, right? And that gives you a partial upload that, quote-unquote, resumable, but the metadata is inconsistent, right? Because you could not write all the information, like, I don't know, the job ID or stuff like that, right? So now when you try to resume it, the the Google, Google Cloud will say, hey, you can resume this thing, but no, right? Because that the state of the upload itself is just corrupt. So it was incorrectly reporting that is resumable, but if you try to re- re- resume it, you will fail. So that's when that's when that's when inconsistency really hurts. I remember some incident happened to me like a few years ago, like some exact something like that. When something is corrupted, all bets are off. You have to kind of reset that state. Either in, in my world, I would I would disable and enable certain things that will just reset, refresh that state. In this case, you're you're uh, you're SOL. In my opinion, you have to delete that upload and re-upload it. But that's good. That kind of that kind of I think in this case they have to come up with a way to identify these corrupt upload somehow right either a tool or a verification 
or a way to repair maybe if I let's say if I uploaded like I don't know two two hundred gigabytes and all of a sudden you say oh I cannot resume that that is that kind of sucks. It depends like how much Google wants to spend much time on this in my opinion, but I think it's worth it. It's worth it if I upload a lot of files then ugh. The metadata inconsistency here is just like a scary dude. I still don't understand why this was an atomic operation, right? How did Google allow a write to go, right, after another write failed, right? So th there was like a partial thing here. This is where all this, um, what is it called? The idea of having an atomic transaction where you, when you write, 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 this, all of this stuff should go all in or, or none of them should go, right? But what if you, what if you are in a distributed Transaction, like distribute transaction is very hard to do. That's why people do this uh, saga thing, right? The saga where you actually have events and, oh, if this failed, let me just go all back and do it. So something Google storage is not fully atomic, in my opinion. Something is off, effed up there. The networking control plane continued to see elevated error rates on operations until it fully recovered at 20, uh, 5, uh, 5.20 in the morning. It took a little bit more longer. Only operations that made modification to the data plane VPC network were impacted. All existing configurations in the data plane remained operational. Google Kubernetes engine. During the incident, 4% of the request to GKE control plane failed. And nearly, nearly all Google managed and customer workload could not report metrics to cloud monitoring. They don't say why. How does Kubernetes has anything to do with the Google user ID? I never used the Google Kubernetes in Google. So do you? Do you guys? Uh, if anyone watching this, you guys use your Google account to create a Kubernetes cluster? If that that's the case, maybe that 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 would make sense. We believe five percent of requests to Kubernetes control planes failed but do not have accurate measures due to unreported cloud monitoring system. For up to an hour after the outage, 2% nodes reported conditions such as start grace period, again the start period, or network uh, unavailable, which may have had an impact on user workload. Google Workspace. All Google Workspace services rely on Google's account infrastructure for login, right? So that They, they actually prefix this with, with a very nice statement here. They did not do this for Kubernetes. So, so they didn't tell us where Kubernetes uh, cloud management uses the Google account infrastructure, right? So, but Google Workspace actually uses that. That makes sense. And if enforcement of access for resources. You can access a document. That's why Google Drive were down for everybody because... That's the content, essentially, right? You can't access anything, right? Now I'm asking, like, what if I shared this document publicly with everyone? If I have the link, would I have, would I, where I, where I, well, I will be able to open the public document that is shared with everybody? I'm guessing no, because there is some authentication that still needs to happen, but. Gmail messages, calendar events, all gone. As a, as a consequence, all, authentication, all authenticated Google Workspace apps were down for the duration of the incident. After the issue was mitigated at 4.30 in the morning, Google Workspace apps recovered. 
and most services were fully up by 5 a.m. Some services, including Google Calendar and Google Workspace Admin Console, served error until 5.20 in the morning due to traffic spiking following the initial rec recovery. That, so that's exactly what I said a few, a few minutes ago, right? As, as, these, as this traffic keep piling up, right, this will eventually time out, right? Because you can't possibly serve hundreds of million of requests at the same time. So with with a service so small, just purely infant service, just just spun up and, and just recovered, you can't possibly serve all the load, right? It's not magic, guys. It's all it's all theory and computer science. It's all engineering. You have to have enough instances to serve all these requests. So yeah, initially those requests will time out and they should time out and they should be canceled so that you can start spinning up, spinning up more services so that new requests will just uh, pick up new services. Some Gmail users experienced errors for up to an hour after recovery due to caching of errors from identity services. All right, so that's another, that's why I, I hate caching, man. Like the other caching layer on top of the user service cached the fact that the i the account information is unavailable and started it kept serving that information that the account is unavailable to its customer to its client despite the service being unavailable so the right back cache probably did not kick in essentially right it's like I, I don't I don't think any write back or write through would have saved you for, from this uh, disaster. So the service should periodically check if the cache is still valid by periodically re-logging, right? And then try, oh, is the service up? Is the service up? Is the service up? So that probably took took an hour until this actually got down. So that's actually very interesting if you think about it. And there's there's a lessons for us to learn here. What if the back end is down? And you have a cache in the middle, and you have a write-through cache, right? And, and, um, read and write-through cache. You you ask the cache, and the cache asks this backend, and the backend is down. How long would the cache should keep trying to ping? I get pulled the the backend to retrieve the actual original status. That's a tough question to answer, in my opinion. Let me know in the comment section, guys. What do you think? What what would you do in your situation? I, I'm just curious to hear your opinions. A final thing, cloud support. Uh, cloud support internal tools were impacted, which delayed our ability to share outage communication with customers. <laughs> okay, so they did uh, they did uh, have the same problem as uh, as uh, Amazon did. Not as bad, I guess. Which delayed our ability to share outage communication with customers on the Google Cloud Platform and Google Workspace status. Customers were unable to create or view cases in the Cloud Console. Well, that makes sense because to create a case or view a case, you need to be authenticated. They shouldn't be able to view... They should be able to view cases without login. Come on. Right? I mean, maybe they require an authentication. So if you require authentication, you will fail. You cannot create cases. But a public status public dashboard should be available, a static HTML page. Right? We were able to update the customers at 5.30 uh, after the impact had ended. Well, that's, well, that sucks. 
<laughs> no wonder you guys were confused like okay what is going on google's not and google's not saying anything okay so apparently google had the same problem as amazon for over an hour or maybe two hours wait a second they started at 3 40 right it's 5 30 it's two hours <laughs> the customer didn't know what's going on for two hours so maybe the cloud service they tweeted or something they must have someone must have tweeted or some some static page, right? What is the page we're running here? Is this, does this require authentication? Definitely not. I'm not authenticated. I'm, this is an incognito mode, right? So they must have uh, essentially just published this uh, publicly. All right, guys, what do you think about this incident? Um, this was an interesting, right? And uh, apparently we have some lessons to learn from this. And then um, the, they actually ran the same problem as Amazon did. They could not notify the customers because the uh, the incident report case required an authentication, which relied on the authentication service, which was down. So you couldn't even create a case. I mean, how would you go around that? I have no idea. You make this public, I guess, but but you can't let people create public cases, right? That's why where down detector and services like that um, comes in handy. Guys, what do you think about this outage? Let me know in the comment section below. I'm gonna see you on the next one. This was a this was an interesting one. We learned a lot. And uh, again, guys, I don't think what Google's trying to do here is is the maximum they could do, right? As as a mitigation. I can't think of a way to prior to think about uh, what could have happened. Or I, I mean, I can't think of how you can predict that the usage can go to zero. It's just it's like this is something that oh, the usage can never go to zero. So that's why you you check you check oh, if the code is less than the usage, then you check that. That's a that's a obvious check but how do you check that the usage is zero the usage will never be zero to them maybe a zero has special semantic i mean i do this all the time i assign if something is impossible like a usage because a service must have used at least one byte right so i know that a service will never be zero so i if it was me i would have assigned some semantics to the value zero and maybe this is what happened here it was like, oh, usage should never be zero. So zero might have meant something else or might have meant anything. It might have meant nothing. Who knows? All right, guys, that's it for me today. Hope you enjoyed this video. Uh, next up, I am going to take some time to do the solar wind report. That, that, was one, that one is nasty. That one is just not as just clean as, as this one where we have one report that kind of summarizes everything, right? So I'll need to go to, through the Firefly. Uh, is that Firefly? FireEye. Firefly. <laughs> With a fire, that Firefly was a show, I think. Yeah. FireEye and a report and go through that and uh, watch some videos. I watched the Steve Gibson Security Now video, but uh, I'll, keep, I'll keep reading more about that. And um, we'll let you know, guys. Um, so follow me on Twitter if you want. Uh, keep up to date and send me those beautiful articles. Whenever you see something interesting, keep sending it my way. I'm going to see you on the next one. You guys stay awesome. Goodbye.